Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. Are you ready to unlock the full potential and growth in your business? You've already crossed seven figures in sales, but the challenge is knowing how to take your business to the next level. Join Josh Hadley, an eight-figure e-com business owner and investor, as he interviews highly successful business owners. Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Today, I'm speaking with Aaron Hovivian, CEO of the Collab Team, and we will be talking a lot about business operating systems and team building. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Aaron, I started Hadley Designs back in 2015, and I grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years. However, I made a lot of mistakes along the way that made getting to eight figures take a little bit longer than it possibly could have. I experienced a lot of self-doubt. There were times where I felt like I couldn't actually grow a real brand or would my business actually be able to survive. I wish I would have had a guide to help me grow faster and avoid a lot of those stumbling blocks. If you've hit those same plateaus and want to know the next steps to take your business to the next level, then go to ecombreakthrough.com. That's ecom with two M's to learn more. And as a special bonus to my podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away a one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com with the subject line strategy audit for your chance to win. And don't worry if you don't win this month, you'll be automatically entered for future months to come. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Aaron Hovivian, the CEO and project lead at the Collaborative Team Management or aka the Collab Team. Not many people can say that they have helped grow a budding solopreneur into a multifaceted, eight-figure earning online education platform. Aaron Hovivian did exactly that with Pete Vargas in 2018 and again with Pedro Otto in 2020 and lots of other seven-figure businesses since 2014 when he started the collab team. From team analysis to EOS integrations to building out roles and responsibilities, KPIs, key tracking metrics, to running hybrid in-person and virtual events, Aaron has done it all, all of this and more for online businesses of all sizes. So welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. So good to be here. Aaron, you've got a lot of experience, as we can see, in operations. You've helped grow solopreneurs into multifaceted eight-figure brands and helping scale people beyond that. Uh, Aaron, let's back things up and tell me, like, how did you even get started in operations? Why is that your specialty? Yeah, I, you know, so growing up, my dad was an entrepreneur. My dad was entrepreneurial, you know, and I saw him going out there starting his own business. For him, it was construction. For him, he, you know, he had been working for some big guys doing construction in Southern California, you know, for his whole career. And at the brave age of 40, you know, he said, hey, I'm going to go out and do this on my own. He was able to build this empire for himself, you know, of 85 people doing, you know, high rise construction ceilings in LA, in Orange County. And I think inspired by his journey, I think is what inspired me. But I noticed me all growing up, you know, from my earliest jobs, I started working in skateboard snowboard shops as a kid, you know, but e even there, and I did a lot of retail just starting out, a lot of kids do, you know, but I noticed about me is that I'm always pulling apart systems. Like I'm always wondering, 
How could we tweak that? How could we make that better? Rolling into businesses that don't have training manuals and building train ma training manuals, you know, looking at their POS system to see how they're dealing with point of sale, like wondering how the customer journey is going to be. And just compliment to you, Josh, even just um, the sequencing of your automations of sending um, the invite to this just to be on this podcast. I was like, that guy gets it. Like, let's make the customer journey easy. Like, let's take out of the way the, the encumbrances or the stumbling blocks. And so I think that's been my journey all the way through. Um, right before I started uh, the CoLab team, I was doing project management for a large credit union here in our area in Southern Oregon. And I was doing a lot with construction project management, but also project management within the organization and helping with new platforms coming online and, and managing teams. And um, I had my first entrepreneur knock on my door and say, hey, he had been a, a friend of mine for a lot of years. His name is Keith Yaki. He's got a great brand out there. He did real estate for a lot of years, and now he's leaning into something he calls the married game. But Keith Yaki knocked on my door and he said, hey, what would you think about leaving the credit union and coming out and doing this thing with me? I need somebody that just gets operations. You know, they were doing a, a big bus tours, fix and flip education brand. And he was like, I... I've got all the knowledge. I've got all the education. I've laid out the whole program. I know it's going to work, but I'm super nervous about the details. What would you think about taking a step with me in this? And so that became my first client for the collab team. And I left something super stable, you know, kind of like my dad, you know, this, this corporate gig that, you know, they'd been around for 50 years. They'll be around for 50 more. They loved me being there. I loved them as people, but I just saw that desire in my heart of, I want more than that. I want to be entrepreneurial. I want to get out there and get out onto my own brand on my own two feet and take things to the next level. And so that's kind of what started me down the journey. I love that. I, I love that, you know, from an early age, you're always kind of like pulling things apart, trying to figure out, all right, how do things work together? And already like systems and processes were already on your mind at an early age. And similarly to myself, you know, I was the kid with the candy stand on the corner of the street growing up. And so I yeah. think it's fascinating for all of us. You know, I love when everybody in the world, really, when they step into their zone of genius, right? Like, yeah doing what they were born to do, like using their God-given talents and gifts. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. And it sounds like you're doing ex exactly that. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy what we do. I mean, obviously, you and I were talking right before we started, right before you hit record, and we're like, man, the craziness of life, right? I think that's the thing that you never take yeah. into consideration is as you continue to grow complexities and, and how do we minimize complexities and how do we beat back some of the noise and how do we streamline into, no, no, this is my highest level of genius. I really do love that about EOS. EOS is entrepreneur's operating system from the book Traction by Gino Wickman, which is just how you're running people. Like, how is your operations running? And there's a tool in there that he uses that's called Delegate and Elevate. And I love the whole exercise of how do I elevate people up to their highest level of brilliance? And how do we delegate down things that have become SOPable, right? Standard operating procedure. How can I just, yep. that doesn't require your brilliance anymore. You don't need to be doing that in the day-to-day -day anymore. That can be tasked down as long as you've lined it out. So I think for all of us trying to ascend up into what's our highest level of brilliance. I think it's so fulfilling and I definitely enjoy what we do at the collab team for sure. I love that. So Aaron, you've got a lot of experience introducing and integrating operating systems into entrepreneurial businesses, helping them really get established, helping them scale to the next level. I want to yeah. ask you this question with our audience being, you know, seven figure sellers that want to grow to eight figures and beyond. They, yeah. they see a bright future for their business, but maybe they've got to this point with just a very small team. Maybe it's them and a couple assistants, or maybe it's just them and one other person, or maybe it's just themselves. Why are yeah. operations so important if you do want to scale a business? I would say, first of all, I think you have to identify, like, what kind of person are you? See what I mean? Like, let's just be honest. Most entrepreneurial people are visionaries, you know, that they're 
not the ones that carry details well. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones that are out there pushing the limits on the brand. They're the ones that are out there taking new levels. They're the ones making connections. They're the, you know, like all these different things, knocking down business for the company. That's, that's most typical uh, visionaries that I work with. But when it comes to operations, they suck. They're like, please, dear God, somebody jump in and help me, you know, because they right. realize that that's what they're good at or they haven't come to that realization yet. And they're so dang frustrated with it because they're literally they're a screwdriver trying to hammer in nails. Right. Like, yeah, you can get that job done, but that's not what the tool was designed for. Right. So the nails frustrated. The job is frustrating. The tool is frustrated that that's not your that's not your elevated genius like we talked about. You know, so I think identifying, first of all. What kind of person are you? Some entrepreneurs that are out there, maybe you're very operationally minded. And like Josh, I've been really impressed with you and Becca both. I feel like you're super like operations minded, but that's not the that's not the majority of entrepreneurs out there. Most entrepreneurs out there are like a live fuse, right? They're they're like so full of yeah. passion, so full of vision, so full of direction. They know where they want the brand to go, but actually lining out how to get there, that can be a really frustrating process for them. So what I've seen is a lot of times people desperately grab on to people they know starts with their, you know, their friends and family first, right. And then raving fans, like who can I grab and pull into the seat? But then oftentimes they can entrust too much trust to that person right out of the gates, or like they just dump on that person and then it becomes a choking point. And then it actually becomes an even more frustrating experience because visionary already knows they're not good at this. They brought in this person hoping they're going to be the savior of the world for everything that felt too overwhelming yep. for them. And now this person starts choking and there's friction between the two of them. And and a lot of times it just comes down to team allocation and, and who's doing what and what's the standard operating procedure of lining things out and what are the workflows and, and what should belong within that person's job description versus this person's job description. And, and I think that just some intentionality of thinking from the end to the beginning, like, where do I want this thing to end up? And then how can I plot it backwards really does a, a lot for remo removing daily frustrations. None of us want to live frustrated every day. None of us want to live like overwhelmed. Yeah. But a lot of us don't take in consideration. We get lost in the forest for the trees for what can I take out of the mix that would remove that frustration on a systemic level? And I think operations can be a big answer to that. Yeah, I agree 100 percent with that. I'm a big believer that operations are like the lifeblood of a company. Now, sales are important, obviously, and having an entrepreneurial vision for where the business is going is are, are definitely critical as well. But it's kind of like a three-legged stool, right? Where if you don't have sales, you obviously don't have a business. You don't have a vision of where you're going and what makes you unique and how yeah. you can continue to grow the business, then you're going to fail as a business. But also that other third leg is operations. If you, if you have a lot of ideas, but then can't get them implemented or can't get them implement, implemented properly, then yeah. you still don't have a business. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, Becca and I have a, have a, decent, you know, understanding of operations. And we have spent a lot of time on our operations. That was actually one of our biggest goals for 2022 was implementing an operating system into our business. And we used a lot of the frameworks that we learned from EOS. Um, we learned about scalable from Ryan Dice and um, Roland Frazier, yeah. and then also with Alex Sharfin. But what's interesting, though, is to your point, most entrepreneurs don't have the time or patience or love operations in the least bit. What's funny is my Colby assessment, right? Are you familiar with the Colby? I use Colby all the time. Um, yeah. Assessment. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. with the Colby, I'm a high quick start. Like I'm a nine on the quick start. Right. And then I'm a five with the follow through, which means, you know, 
I can handle some operations. I understand they're important. I can go, you know, one way or the other. And then I'm, I'm really low on the data side. It's like, no, don't, I don't want to get into the weeds with uh, a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and whatnot. But I feel like it's, it's more unique that way. There's not many entrepreneurs that have a high follow through if they have, they're really high on quick start. No, I think that's so. I love, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, do we have some load time? Sorry if my, my internet like sometimes gives me some internet issues. Um, I will say I love Colby for how metric it makes it. You know, I think that um, I love, you know, hey, let's take uh, that's how we do a lot of our hiring. We do a lot of recruiting within Colab team and helping our, our high, high level retainer clients find and source good team. And after we've done all of our interviews, we'll always run them through a Colby at the end. And it's usually matched up to whoever we're hiring against. Right. It's like Colby A versus Colby C, you know, and like, how are these two going to pa- match up? Like this person's going to oversee this person. They better complement each other because if they're both quick starts, we're going to have a problem. I mean, like if, if neither of them are good at details, yep. that's going to be an issue. Like if none of them like to dig into the data, if none of them have good follow through like that. And a lot of times I've noticed is visionaries pick people like them. They like people like them. They're, they're like, I love that guy. That guy's the best. That's hire him in. Not realizing, ah, oh, that guy's just like you. That's going to be a problem downstream. You know, like we need to find something that's going to compliment right. you. you know? Anyway, I think Colby's great for the sake of just what you said. Let's, let's make a real metric. Let's take the energy out of the room. Let's take the, the feelings out of the room. Super, just let's get it down to numbers. How to answer the questions and what are their, what their score come back to? And is it going to be a good fit? Because they could be a great person. Go and have beers with that guy every day. I couldn't care less. But if you bring him into your operations and he's the same problem that you are, all we did is just magnify the problem for more money. You know, so like that's, let's make sure we're bringing in the right people. For sure. I, I think that's good advice. So one of the mistakes that I made, and I recorded this in a previous podcast episode, it's the top five mistakes that I've made in my journey is initially before Becca and I spent a lot of time on our operations, we're going back to 2019 for our business. One of the things that we were struggling with or we thought at the time was like marketing. We just need to drive more external traffic and we'll have just this large amount of success. If I were to go back and look at it, like the first hire we should have had was a project manager to get our crap in place and allow me to stop focusing on running the day-to-day operations. But that's besides the point. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Aaron, the importance of not just running away from a problem, right? And I want to get your input on if entrepreneurs are struggling with maybe it's marketing, right? Or maybe it's finance. They don't understand their numbers or, you know, it's project management that they're struggling with the operations. How do you go about like hiring somebody instead of just saying, I just need a marketing person. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go hire what I think is a marketing manager and then just throw them at this problem. Is that the best approach or does the entrepreneur kind of need to understand a little bit more and dip their toes in the marketing water, so to speak, first and maybe help facilitate some SOP creation before they do that? Why don't you break us down? Like, what does that process look like for an entrepreneur? So I'd say, obviously, we started out talking about um, know, know yourself, right? <laughs> Socrates or whoever, like know yourself, like what, whatever it is, like just be clear on what you're good at and get clear there. I think what you addressed at the beginning, I found um, is very common for all of us. And that's imposter syndrome. You're like, well, I think I'm this, but I'm not, maybe I'm not an eight figure earner yet, but I think I could be, or whatever it is. I think that we all deal with battling that inner voice of, of negative self-talk sometimes, no, but like get clear on which seat of the bus you're going to be sitting on. Right. And then identify where am I not so good? And then I would always advocate for finding professionals that you can pay for a scope 
measured pay structure. You know what I mean? So, hey, you're going to do this for me for X amount of dollars. That's why it's really budgetable. Sometimes where uh, I think all of us can get tempted to hire staff, but but staff dollars like translate into like your liabilities, bringing your profitability down, you know? So like, okay, how much would this person charge right. me to come help me with my marketing? This outside vendor, what's their scope? What would they charge? What have they done for other people? And then pay attention. Like, what are they doing? And begin to line out some of those things they're doing so that when you do go to make that hire, you've already got some proven process that you can plug them into, but you've leaned into somebody else's brilliance. I would always advocate for leaning into a contractor's um, brilliance for a while, getting some brilliance from them. And then on the flip side of that, um, making it your own, like, um, don't, don't feel bad about R and D, right? Like, didn't like, let's go figure out what are they doing? And then let's duplicate it in our business. And then when I hire somebody and we have some SOPs and you've gotten some education from it. So Steven Diaz, um, from Rainmakers is, is one of my, uh, high level retainer clients. He's an, Am he's an Amazon seller, teaches moms how to, um, create side hustle using Amazon while kids are down for naps. So he and his wife, Chelsea, they've got a great brand, Rainmakers Academy, Rainmaker family. They're, they're an amazing couple of people and they're eight figure earners using Amazon. They're, they're amazing. Um, but I think that one of the things that I've really loved about Steven is he's so curious, like, and he's willing to jump into the weeds for a time to understand something, realizing he's yeah. not going to live in the weeds, but you don't want to just give the keys to the kingdom over to somebody that you don't really know, like, and you're just trusting that's a Hail Mary. You, what, how many interviews did you get with the person? How much have you seen what they really know how to do? Yeah. And the danger with marketing and salespeople a lot of times is they're narrative based, right? They're paid manipulators. Like that's what they do. They're trying to manipulate sales, you know, like in the best sense of the right. word, not, not nefarious, but like they're going to be able to spin a story and it's really good to be able to see some track record, you know? So Pace Morby is a client of mine. Um, and we just hired on a marketing team to help him elevate his brand with some of the things they're doing with product development. And, um, you know, as I was talking to Cody Barton, which is his uh, COO, their partners in this business venture, you know, he's like, hey, what do you think about this marketing firm we brought on? I think they're pretty great, um, but I'm not sure. And I said, hey, listen, the proof's in the pudding. G give them some leash and see how they show up. Like, give yourself a budget. Let them show up powerfully or not. And if not, they're not the only ones out there. But I think that that's the nice thing when you can... Um, like a gauged scope for a fixed price. So it's not going to break my budget. Let's see how they, they perform. And then we'll give them more. And then, you know, possibly stripping out some key points they're doing for you and then hiring based on those key points. That's uh, whether we're talking operations, whether we're talking sales, whether they're talking marketing, I'd say that that's the way I would approach. Yeah. I, I think that's a great summary of how entrepreneurs should approach this. And to kind of something, sum things up the way you kind of talked about them, them Aaron, I think number one is identifying what your core strengths are, right? Like what is the entrepreneur bringing to the business? What's your zone of genius? And yeah. then being able to identify, you know, I kind of like going through a time study, right? The entrepreneur yeah. should go through and diligently yeah. do their time study. Like I'm talking like 15 minute increments, like you're jotting down on a piece of paper. What did you do last 15 minutes? Every 15 yeah. minutes for two weeks. I know that sounds painful and it is. But you will then be able to step away at the end of those two weeks and take a look at that sheet of paper and say, holy smokes, look yeah. how many X, Y, Z tasks I'm doing. It might be operational related. It might be yeah. finance related. It could be, you know, yeah. marketing related. Then, right, you you then go hire out what is going to take the most off of your plate. That would then free you up to go, again, continue living in your zone of genius. Yeah. and 
continue to expand there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I actually have, I built a whole app around that. Exactly what you just said. So um, gapanalyzer.com. Um, if you go check that out there, uh, it's 297 bucks for the tool, or you can pay my team to take you through it. I think 1497 or something like that for the team, my team to take you through it. But it does that exact thing. It addresses the issue of time. How are you using time? And we break it down the daily, the weekly, and the monthly, and then allocate that to certain parts of your business. You know, is it you putting that towards customer experience? You putting that towards marketing? You put it towards sales? You putting it towards operations? The four areas of business. Then if you have team putting them through the tool as well. And then it rolls the whole thing up and says, hey, here are the gaps in your business. This is where you're not focusing enough attention. Here's the large swath of where your time's going. Do you want all that time going there? And then you click on the tool and it shows you, hey, a lot of people, it's operations. We're chewing through operations at 65% of total team bandwidth. We'll click on that and it shows you all the different team and shows you how many hours each person's putting into operations-based style work. And you can say, what why is Shelly putting that much time in that? No, no, no. Let's push that over to Rob or however it works. Of, and it helps you with job allocation of what roles and responsibilities should each person be doing? Because for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially as you begin to grow a team, you can start feeling like, what is everybody doing with all their time? Like, And especially a lot of times it's around their next vision. They want to do some big thing. And teams like, we don't have time. We don't have time. And the visionary is like, well, what the heck are you doing with time? So I had been doing it for years, uh -huh. you know, just like you said, like allocating time, diagnosing time, doing a time study. And then I thought, no, 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 it's time for me to lean into developing my own app. And so I invested, you know, a good amount of money into creating this app for the sake of it all being contained one spot. And it also gives your people the opportunity to express like, what's your greatest pain point? You know, what, what would be the best successes in the company if this were to change? And so in one spot, it shows you time and it shows you um, their best, you know, like their feedback on what's their pain point in their job. What's the pain point in the business? What's their solution, right? Because don't just let them complain at you, like solve it for me. What's the, what's the biggest win if we could solve it? And then in one spot, you've got it all. So I would definitely advocate for what you just said. The conversation about time is huge, you know, and even if it's not perfect, like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect, but let's at least start having a conversation about what is overwhelming you? What is eating up your time? And be honest, does that have to be you doing those things? Or could we test those down? And how do you test those down? The way you test those down is identifying this as the pain point, SOPing it out so that it's a workable SOP that as you hand it off, you're not just handing, handing off just a pile of crap. You know, you're just like, hey, that was broken when I got it. Yeah. It's broken now as I hand it off. No, I'm going to make it better. Here's the system. Go live from it. Come back and ask me questions. But the hope is that we're going to give you some breathing room, some bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think an important thing that you mentioned it, and you mentioned this earlier in some of your examples is that the entrepreneur does need to make a little sacrifice, even if operations isn't their strong suit and they don't love it. You've yeah. got to at least pay attention enough in that particular area that you're trying to hire out, whether it be marketing or operations, you've yeah. got to be able to take the time, slow down. Yeah. document the process, even though it might not be perfect, at least document what you're doing today and recording loom videos, right? That's one of my favorite software tools yeah. using loom. And then I can literally yeah. record my voice, right? And I can show people, Hey, so when I go on to Amazon, this is what I'm looking for. And I, they can follow along with like, okay, he's clicking here. He's looking at this data. He's looking at that. Yeah. And I can talk through the process, right? I, I hate writing things down. Yeah. And so for me to like just record loom videos, that's that gets the ball rolling just enough that it gives people enough context to then really lay out the SOPs in further detail once I bring on um that team member. I do so, it all the time. Aaron, I, I think that's sorry, I didn't mean to catch you out. Go I, ahead. 
I do that all the time. Loom it out and then ask somebody to document your steps. You know what I mean? What I'll do is, hey, create a loom. That's how I push out the project. I'll give them a, an end date. Hey, here's the project. Here's the assets you need. But this is the end date of when it's due. And will you do me a favor? Will you drop that into Asana for me and make it a step-by-step -step process? And then push it back over to me. Let me put my eyes on it. Let me critique a little bit. And then the beauty is that you have templates there that you can hand off that that way it doesn't just live with one person, right? Create some redundancies. It's great when it's like this person is going on maternity leave holy cow, what are we going to do when she has her baby? Like nobody wants that kind of anxiety. The way you do that is create redundancies. The way you create redundancies is SOPs that can be executed and then let the person shadow the person. Like have some forethought. Don't let it hit you. There's enough in life that hits you like a hurricane. You know, like I always say, EOS is really big on 80-20. Like 80%, we're going to cut fire breaks and 20%, we're going to be doing firefighting. You know what I mean? But like a lot of people have that flipped. They live in a lot of chaos that it's firefight 80% of the time, cutting fire breaks 20% of the time. And it's just a painful way to live. How can you get out in front of that? Very, very easy. Record some looms, ask people to document your process and start putting away a cache of SOPs that you can begin to live from, from the most important things that you don't want to do anymore. Like start with those ones and then work your way down from there. Yeah, I love that. That's great words of wisdom, Aaron. The other thing I think you mentioned earlier too is that when you bring on a team member, yeah, it, it's a cost center to begin with, right? You're going to have to pay this person and their salary. So it's adding overhead to the business. Now, I think as I've met a lot of different entrepreneurs, I think sometimes, you know, people that cross into that seven figure range and they've done it all by themselves and maybe one or two VAs that have been helping them along the way, mm -hmm. they almost wear it as though a badge of honor that, look at all this money that I'm generating just by myself and a couple people. I'm not going to go hire people out because that's only going to steal away from my profitability. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to them, the word of caution is like, okay, but if you want to take your business to the next level, what got you here is not going to be what gets you there. That's right. You're going to have to, you know, actually implement some systems and processes, which would be hiring an actual like project manager or operations manager. So, Aaron, I want to ask you, yeah. why should somebody be willing to invest money into, you know, essentially it's just going to be an overhead cost for the business. What's the justification for adding cost to the business, but you're going to have, you know, project managers and operations managers now? Yeah, I would say um, first ask yourself, how big do we want to go? So let's just identify that. Like if you're happy not getting any bigger than you are, then God bless you. Ride, ride that train as long as you want to ride yeah. it. You know, but for most people, they're wanting to work themselves out of how the frenetic energy it took to get them to this point. You know, and what you said, I, I feel like that's exact. You took the words right out of my mouth. What got you here won't get you there. You know, most of the time, like, you know, when I started with Pete Vargas uh, from Advance Your Reach, and it was the same thing when I started with Pedro Adeo with um, 100X Academy is, you know, they were this this thriving, you know, they were they were already at seven figures and they were wanting to climb, just like you said on the show, climb to eight figures and beyond. And they both have done that and they both are amazing, like incredible, incredible guys. Um, but what they realized was they wanted to scale beyond. They were on that hockey stick growth and they were realizing we're not going to be able to keep up with this. And the way that normally you can identify that is by realizing um, our systems are breaking. Our people aren't don't have the experience. We're not able to keep carrying this load, let alone anything beyond that. Like we're already feeling the stress cracks. And the worst thing you can do is keep pouring on the gas if you are recognizing your systems are broken or your people aren't going to be able to bear it. So I would always say, do you want to scale? If you do want to scale, ask yourselves, can my current team and systems now bear much more? You know, and if so, 
how much more incremental can they bear? And maybe you push the envelope a little bit if you want to do that, but be careful because you don't want to break your people. You don't want to break your systems. And then all the work you put into it all the way up to this point starts falling apart. And then who gets to get stuck back underneath it? You, because you're the one that you know, like yeah. put it together and didn't want to bring on any more overhead. So I, I always hear that from visionaries is um, operations isn't sexy. Operations cost so much money. So I, I just did this uh, free masterclass. You can check it out if you want to check it out. It's called foundationsthatscale.com. Um, free masterclass. It's on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel if you want to check it out there as well. Um, but what I addressed in that was this is I think that people need to rethink through the way that they talk about operations, because really we start with automations, like, like, let's look at your automations. How can we get the robots to lift for you? Right. Like, and I think obviously Amazon business, you're already in that spot anyway, but like, how can we get automations to work for you? Customer journey. How can we really maximize sales through automations? But that's operations, right? Like that's not, that's not a sales function. That's an operations function that's maximizing sales, you know? And then how can we manage your sales by customer experience? Most people think to themselves, well, I don't want to hire more customer experience people because that chews into my profitability. But no, no, no. What if they're actually helping your people ascend to a higher journey with you? What if they're able to take new steps into higher price points with you based upon just a little bit of customer journey? And then actually operations becomes managing your sales engine and getting people to take higher ascension, you know? How is your team monitoring sales? Like, how are they? Do you, do you have good monitoring? Like, are, are you keeping a good eye on it? And then finally, the thing we round up, and I deal with all four of these areas in foundations that scale. The final one is finance and sales. Like, how profitable are you? Like, let's just be honest. You cannot gauge that by top line. Like, you have to be watching bottom line and being really honest with even lines of business. So some of your lines of business are probably more profitable than others. And you say, duh, Aaron, that's dumb. Everybody knows that. You would be surprised. How many, the CoLab team has been under the hoods of dozens of some of the top entrepreneurs in the space right now. You would be surprised how few people understand profitability by line item, like by line of business. Mm. There's sometimes where it's like a gut feeling from an entrepreneur of, I know this is my most profitable line item. Have you done the math though? Have we truly honestly looked at the numbers? How much team time, how much tech time, how much energy are you putting into that? Is that still as profitable? Because just because it's a high ticket, doesn't mean it's high profitability and you need to analyze some of those things. So I think um, working yourself through a system like that, where you realize that operations isn't just a money suck. It's not just like I'm dumping money down the drain. It's chewing into my profitability. No, no, no. You're setting foundations to scale. Like make sure your foundation is solid because skyscrapers come down when the foundation isn't built solid enough. So make sure before you start scaling that what you've got on the ground is going to support the build. I love that. I love that you shared, you know, a, a free masterclass that you've already taught there, foundationsofscale.com. Aaron, uh, tell us more about what are these four foundations that scale that you're teaching? Yeah, yeah. So what I'll usually lead people into is um, let's first bring you more money in, right? So I'll always start with uh, marketing automations and integrations. How can we get the robots to lift for you? You know, so lean heavy into how can we bring in more sales through your marketing automations and integrations? So we spend a whole day on that day one for foundations that scale masterclass addresses that. But then once you've caused your sales to really spike, the next thing you need to really look at is your customer experience. So that's what we deal on day two is customer experience and how you're nurturing those sales, right? Because if you catch the fish and you bring them in the boat and then they just get out the net because there's a hole in the net, like you've lost this opportunity to really keep sales through you know, disputes or through refund requests. And so let's lean into customer experience journey, the team that you're assigning, the tools that you're using to, for ticketing systems, how you're handling the customer experience journey, um, macros that everybody's getting the same answers over and over again, simple stuff. And then we move to um, team org chart. 
and how you're using team and workflows and who is fitting with who where and, and whose job does this belong to? And, and that way you're not um, over collateralizing the same team, right? Wait a minute, we've got, why are you guys both working on that? Like, let's try and cut down the confusion by working through the org chart, working through the job descriptions, working through the workflows and making sure everybody's in their lane and operating to their KPIs. And then we move finally to sales and finance, um, where we're really looking at profitability of not just the whole company. Most, most people have some idea of their profitability if they've got QuickBooks working for them or some financial software, but what they don't always analyze is line of business profitability. And, and I think sometimes there can be um, misassumptions that just because it's a high ticket, you know, we're making so much money, I can't believe how many we sold. Yeah, but how much did it cost us to fulfill on that? And then is it as profitable as you think it is? And so really diving into the finance and pulling apart profitability by line of business, and then also uh, working into sales. Like, how are we handling sales? Like, how are we, for us, a lot of times it's leading people onto that next step of, are we going to implement setters and closers? Like, how what, what can we do within this brand to elevate by, a lot of times it's education and teaching people what we know. And how do we teach people what we know? Well, that's a higher ticket. And that's probably not something you're going to be able to just get people to click on. Um, so how can we get them on with a setter and with a closer and then bring them into our ecosystem? So those are the four different areas, the four days of uh, foundations that scale. Um, automations, customer experience, uh, org chart and team, and then finance and sales. I love that. And we could spend hours upon hours on each of those. That's why you already recorded that separate masterclass. So invite everybody right. to go check that out. Aaron, why don't you give us a quick case study as you've been working with Pete, Pedro, some of these big guys that you've been able to take to eight figures and beyond. Yeah, so I would say... All of these guys started as like this budding solopreneur with just a couple of raving fans on their team, but um, not necessarily the expertise to how do we get to that next level. So that's usually when people knock on our door. And usually it's all through, I would say 99% of our work is referral based work, you know, where this guy has a friend, friend sees how successful this guy is. And he's like, hey, what's the secret of your success? And, and he's like, have you ever met Aaron? Let me introduce you to Aaron and the collab team. And then we're able to take them to the next level. And then really we just diagnostically work through that system. I start them on the gap analyzer, take an inventory of what's on the field. How many, what are your players doing? What, what are the platforms you're using? And then I poke some holes in that. And I'm like, hey, so have you had these problems with those platforms? Yeah, so many problems like that. And it's like, I'm reading their mail, but once you're under the hood of all these entrepreneurs, you start seeing very similar knee-jerk reactions that they've all engaged in at the front, like you said, that what got them here isn't going to get them there. And so we can make very educated suggestions based upon true case studies of, hey, we were able to help Pete with this. We have Pedro with this and then on, you know, Keith Yaki with this and John Acuff with this and all these different guys that have been clients through the years that are still clients to this day, elevate their brand by just working through how are they dealing with time, tech, and team? Like, how are they dealing with these different wheels of the business? And then making suggestions. And then what the collab team is, we're not just a, a consultant, but we actually get in and help with the lift. So our high our high level retainers, it's, hey, let us help diagnose your business. And then I've got a team of 13. Let me put some people into your team within this retainer that you've paid for and let us hold the space. Once we've identified the gaps, let us hold the space, SOP out the processes, and then let us go and find key players on your team, right? Because it's always gonna be cheaper to have an employee over time once you have the process lined out. Let us go help you recruit people in, bring them in, onboard those folks, and then exit and be the resident expert that we can help them you know, ascend to. So I always tell entrepreneurs, and, and it was true with Pete and Pedro both, they both started with small teams. They both started, I think Pete was at one or two people on his team, Pedro was at two or three, and just didn't have the expertise to take it to that next level. And I know for Pedro, especially we rolled in and the guy was growing so fast and I had to throw eight people on my team into the mix just to be, wow. just to keep the thing rolling. But the beauty is now Pedro's at like 30 people on his team. You know, he's, you know, I mean, 
literally 10 X his number based upon growth. And, you know, I was at uh, his Christmas party this past year um, with all of his employees and yeah, he had brought me out and it was in Lake Tahoe and it was super kind just to have to be there with him. And he stood me up in front of all the people and he just said, hey, I just want to acknowledge here in front of everybody that I recognize we couldn't have done what we've done if you and the collab team hadn't showed up the way you did, you know, with your suggestions on tech, with your suggestions on team, with holding space, with helping us grow and flex into these new spaces that were so overwhelming for my team. And, you know, now I'm in this room of 20 or 30 people that are all his employees you know, and it was just such a gratifying feeling of we contributed to this. Like Pedro is an amazing, Pedro Adeo is incredible. 100X Academy, they're doing a live event in Southern California this week. Collab team is supporting the live event. I've got four or five players helping support the live event. Um, but man, such a, a powerful visionary, but he needs team. And up to that point, the ladies he had on the team were amazing people. Whatever it takes, he would say they're WITs, they, whatever it takes. And I think that's great, but WIT only gets you so far. You know, yeah. and you have to start in the system. So I feel like all of his team are beautiful people. We work with all of them very closely, and it's been a great journey. That's fantastic. Aaron, that's a great case study. Now, as we wrap things up here today, I, wa- I love to leave the audience with three actionable takeaways from each episode. So here are the three takeaways that I noted, Aaron. Let me know if I'm missing something. So number one, all every entrepreneur needs to first identify what their goal is. Do you genuinely want to scale to eight figures and beyond? Or are you content with the success that you've experienced thus far and the team that you've built thus far and you're you're content where you're at? So if you first identify your goal, then you can spend the time. You're like, hey, I I do want to grow. Then we can move on to step number two, right? Action item number two would be to then do a time study slash gap analyzer that you mentioned. And you have a great tool that people are able to use to actually do this time study, understand where are they spending most of their time? What type of projects are they working on? And then from there, understanding, hey, imagine if I could, you know, remove this large load off my plate, then look at all the stuff I'd be able to do in my own zone of genius. And then step number three or action step number three here is then documented, documenting some SOPs around those projects or those tasks that you want to offload off your plate. And even just recording simple Loom videos, you don't have to get into the weeds, but give people enough to get started. Then when you make that hire, you can have them document that SOP and you can refine that even further and they can get into the nitty gritty details there for you. Aaron, anything else you would add that I've missed here to those three actionable takeaways? I think anytime I start with clients, I always ask them, what's the highest burn? Like, what are you feeling the most burn, the most heartburn, the team's feeling burn, you're close to burn out. Like, what's the highest burn? Attack that first. Like, don't make this more complex than this. You're like, I've got all these things I've got to work on. That's the that's the entrepreneur's biggest Achilles. Own in. Like, what's the highest burn? What will you get the most ROI on? You know, what what if you invested your time into, we could really move the needle on this and it would not be a future pain point. So if you're overwhelmed today, if talking about scaling makes you overwhelmed because you're like, Aaron, I'm just overwhelmed with what I'm lifting, I would encourage you with this deep breath. Maybe go take a walk, sit down someplace in the sunshine and think through what would be the best relief that I could receive? What's the thing that I hate the most that's literally draining the lifeblood out of my system every time I do it? Start with that. SOP it out. Get it off your plate and then move on to the next thing. That's the best advice I can give you is identify the top thing and then like, bite, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. Like, just identify what's the first bite. Where are we going to go with this first? I love that. 
Fantastic advice. Would 100% echo what you just said there. Uh, Aaron, I know you have a special gift for our audience. Why don't you tell, tell everybody a little bit more about that? Sure. So um, Ops Experts Club is um, something that we've been building this past year. And it's um, essentially something that you can ask your operations people just to consume and go through. It's just a resource for operations is what it is. It's 35 hours worth of content. Um, and it's built in a level one, level two, level three ascension where people can just go through the content when it comes to all the things we talked about today, your tech, your team, your time, all those different pieces. Um, and it's called, uh, the URL is opsexpertsclub.com. Um, but as a free gift for Josh and, and for those of you here on the Ecom Breakthrough, um, we wanted to give you a, your first month free and a, a sneak peek into it. And this is probably more than I intended to give, but it's great. I love, I love free and I love being generous. Um, the gap analyzer is one of the free tools we give every, every, um, division of level climb, we give you a free tool and the gap analyzer is actually tucked into it. So you get a twofer out of this deal. So I just told Amazing. you about gapanalyzer.com, that was 297 bucks. You're actually going to get it free with this. So if you go to um, opsexpertsclub.com forward slash ecom, it's going to give you a free access in. So all you have to do is opt in there. It'll kick off membership area. You'll see your 35 weeks of content. And then it's not just content though. It's also every week we're interviewing um, top entrepreneurs in the space, the people that run their operations. So asking them like key things of insights, like what are you doing now? What are like pit, pitfalls you've fallen into? All the different pieces. And then we do some live question and answer. If you've got question and answer, we give you a private Facebook group where you can come in and ask, hey, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this. And it's just ops people just dealing with pain points um, for big companies out there like GrowRev and Prime Corporate Services and Pete Vargas's Advanced Your Reach, 100X, all those guys are all in there. And it's just nice to be able to crowdsource knowledge base. So I'd love to give that as a gift, Josh. I, I really, really appreciate you having me on today. Really love you and Becca a lot. I love what you guys are doing. And so uh, I'd love to give that. So opsexpertsclub.com forward slash ecom gets you a month for free. And you can just take advantage of the gap analyzer. It's in there on month one. So awesome. Aaron, you've been very generous. You, you've dropped some knowledge bombs with all of us. I hope uh, many of the entrepreneurs have had some good mindset shifts as well as to why, you know, operations are so important and seeing it as though, hey, look how much, you know, I could take off my plate. Look how freeing it would be if I could have somebody focusing on operations. So, Aaron, you're the man when it comes to operations. So I appreciate this. And you've you've given us some fantastic links. That Ops Experts Club, I think, is amazing. I think I'm going to have my ops guy that we just hired. Come join that uh, because what you're doing and, and sharing knowledge across across separate industries is invaluable And having an ops team be able to go in and learn those strategies, then come back and implement them in our business would be uh, invaluable. So thank you so much for your time, Aaron. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks so much, Josh. I hope you have a great rest of the day. And I hope, man, just blessing on all you guys in Ecom Breakthrough, man. Take take Josh's advice. This is a guy that's a quality dude, good-hearted guy that's experienced the success himself, and he's given you the insight to the kingdom. So, man, thanks, Josh. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.